If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Well, I'm going to be sharing with you from a number of scriptures in uh, the book of Job. We're, of course, continuing our sermon series, Baggage Unloading the Unnecessary. We said at the outset of the series that uh, we carry a lot of baggage through life, don't we? And you see our props up here. We're not having a yard sale, as I said, but uh, this is just to illustrate the baggage uh, that we can carry through life. And, uh, you, you know, we carry things that are, I, I said at the outset, I, I pack things that I end up not needing on a trip. How many, how many of you do that? Good, I'm not alone. All right. And you don't use half of it, and you get home and say, why did I lug all that, you know? But uh, it's, it's, it's a minor inconvenience if we do that in the natural. But in the spiritual, it can really, in our everyday life, it can really weigh us down to carry things through life that we're not intended to carry. And so that's the focus of our sermon series. Uh, just a, a quick review. I've been reviewing the previous week each, each Sunday. Last week, we talked to fathers on Father's Day. We said, what are some simple principles for being godly fathers? Number one, leave your failures behind. Everyone fails. And we need to deal with our failure and then leave it behind. Number two, lead your family forward. We talked from Joshua 24, 15. Lead your family forward by making a daily choice to follow God, by setting a godly example, and by being a loving shepherd to your family. And so uh, that was last week's message. Uh, the title of my message today uh, in our baggage series is releasing the weight of your pain. Releasing the weight of your pain. Uh, nobody likes pain. Is that fair to say? No, no one with, who's, who's normal likes pain. A dental assistant tells the following story. At the busy dental office where I work, one patient was always late. Once when I called to confirm an appointment, he said, I'll be about 15 minutes late. That won't be a problem, will it? No, I told him, we just won't have time to give you an anesthetic. He arrived early. Pain is universal. Some experience more than others, and it often seems that many individuals suffer more than their share. But to some degree, we all experience pain, don't we? It's part of life. What we learn from the scriptures and from observing people's lives, however, is that pain in our lives need not automatically rob us of a rich, fulfilling life. When I speak of releasing the weight of your pain, I'm not suggesting somehow that you can live in such a way as to avoid all pain for the rest of your life. I know probably many of us are saying, yeah, where do I sign up for that? I'm not suggesting that. But I am saying that you can deal with your pain so that it does not weigh you down, so it's not excess baggage, it doesn't weigh you down and prevent you from uh, seeing God's purpose fulfilled in your life. I believe uh, that can happen. So we're going to look at uh, the story of a man named Job and learn how to release the weight of our pain. Now I'll be... Um, uh, look, going through several scriptures here in the book of Job. 
I want to begin with Job chapter 1, verses 13 through 20. Uh, The first thing we need to do uh, to release the weight of our pain is to seek to understand the nature of your pain. Seek to understand the nature of your pain. The first kind of pain I want to talk about today is emotional pain. How many know emotional pain is, is a real thing? Most definitely. In Job 1, 13 through 20, it says, One day Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. A messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and carried them off. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. Uh, They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert, struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. The tearing of the robe, shaving of the head, all signs in that culture of expressing emotional pain, uh, grief, emotional suffering and pain. Boy, talk about bad news one after the other. You know the backstory to this is that God was bragging on Job uh, to Satan and saying how Job was so faithful in serving him. And Satan said, boy, let's just put that to the test. Let's just take from him everything he has. And the Lord said, okay, but spare his life. And so Job, uh, the enemy was allowed to inflict all this uh, suffering, all this loss on Job. And, and, you know, losing your possessions, your wealth, keep in mind the, 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 the animals, everything, that was his wealth. That was the 401k, all right? And he lost it all. That, that's, that's catastrophic. But then he lost his entire family, all his children. Talk about emotional pain. This isn't a fairy tale. This really happened. And, you know, life is full of emotional pain. And, and we, almost, we don't know how to deal with it sometimes. You know, it, it, it can be crushing. The pain of our emotions. God created us as emotional beings. Now, we've often said emotions, we, we can't live by our emotions. If emotions rule us, you know, it's, it's like fire that gets outside of the fireplace. It, it can be destructive. Inside the fireplace, fire is good. And so our emotions have a place. But, but, but there are times, we're human. And, and sometimes, you know, and some of us are perhaps more stoic than others, if you know what I mean by that. And we... We pride ourselves maybe sometimes on not giving vent to our emotions. And I get that. And some are more given to emotional expression than others. But the fact of the matter is, whether we consider ourselves stoic or more emotional, we are all emotional beings. God created us that way. And we can all suffer emotional pain. So that's one kind of pain that we deal with in this life. What's another kind of pain? There's physical pain. After Job was faithful to the Lord, uh, Satan came to the Lord again. The Lord allowed him then uh, to inflict further pain on him. And uh, we're talking about physical pain. In Job 2, verses 7 through 8, 
It says, So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. Physical pain, physical malady. Uh, these bodies are subject to physical uh, suffering and, and disease and pain. And, uh, you, you know, I, I don't know if this sounds like much to you, but you imagine if you ever have a, had, had a sore that didn't heal quickly and it can be ir irritating, imagine having uh, giant ones like that all over your body to where he took broken pottery to scrape it to try and relieve himself. Physical pain. And uh, these bodies break down. These bodies suffer pain. We go through aging. We go through, uh, we, ha we have injuries. I was moving some of our, we have some different, notice the, the different colored props up here. We're, we're always upgrading for you folks. I hope you appreciate that. I was moving a few of them around this morning and I cut myself. I don't even know how I did it. And it, it, it wouldn't, you know, be, being the old man that I am, I take low-dose aspirin every day, so it probably thin, and it was bleeding and bleeding. I, I, I didn't have a band, my wife brought a band-aid from home, I didn't have a band-aid, I had a little gauze uh, pad, uh, scotch tape to my arm for a while this morning, you know. It was, it was, it didn't hurt, it was just a nuisance. But, but, but we're, our bodies are subject to physical pain, and and, and the older we get, the more it seems like it increases. And we hear about people with horrible diseases. And when it happens to you or a loved one, it, it's just, we just want to say, why, God? And, and there are no ready answers for why it happens to an individual, except that to say that we live in a sin-cursed world, and part of the curse of sin is pain and suffering to our physical bodies. And so we understand that there's physical pain. And... Uh, 1999, Dr. Paul Brandon and Philip Yancey co-wrote a book called Pain, The Gift Nobody Wants. Dr. Brand was born in India to missionary parents and spent most of his life caring for people with leprosy. One of his greatest discoveries was that uh, people with leprosy do not have bad flesh that just rots away. Their flesh is as healthy as yours or mine. The problem is that blood flow is restricted to certain parts of their body and their nerve endings die. And so because of that, they don't feel pain. And so they, they through the course of life, they harm their bodies without even knowing it. And uh, lepers often go blind because they don't blink. And Dr. Brand knew this. Um, he was puzzled by the fact that lepers often lost fingers and toes overnight. Uh, so uh, he had someone observe some while they were sleeping and they found that rats would come in and nibble the exposed fingers and toes and the lepers would never feel it. As the title of the book says, pain is the gift nobody wants. Dr. Brand himself had a frightening experience one night. He thought he had contact, contracted leprosy. He arrived in London after a, uh, an exhausting trans transatlantic ocean trip and a long train ride from the English coast. He was getting ready for bed. He'd taken off his shoes, pulled off his sock, and discovered there was no feeling in his heel. And uh, to most other people, that might not be of consequence. But knowing what he did about nerve damage and leprosy patients, it, uh, the numbness in his heel terrified him. Uh, he took a pen and stuck it into his heel and felt no pain. He stuck it deeper until the blood flowed, still felt no pain. Uh, 
And that night as he lay in bed tossing and turning, he was trying to imagine the rest of his life to be living it as a leper. In the morning, he woke up, bared the skin on his, uh, on his foot, jabbed a needle into his heel and yelled in pain. He realized that during the long train ride, uh, the way he was sitting had numbed that nerve and the feeling came back into it. Do you know what he said? Thank God for that pain. Thank God for that pain. Uh, so there's physical pain. Then there's spiritual pain. In uh, Job chapter 29 and 30, we read, How I long for the months gone by, for the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head and his light, uh, I, and by his light I walked through the darkness. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me. I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. You snatch me up and drive me before the wind. You toss me about in the storm. I know you will bring me down to death to the place appointed for all the living. This sounds like a person in spiritual pain, doesn't it? He felt like God was far away. You ever feel like that? Can we just be honest in church this morning? should be honest everywhere, but especially in church, right? Sometimes we feel God is a million miles away. He doesn't feel our pain. We, 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 there's a saying, when you're praying and the heavens are brass, that's an old-fashioned saying. It means your prayers don't go through the roof, it feels like. And, and God just seems so far away. And that's a spiritual pain. And sometimes that happens because we just, you know, God, God doesn't cease loving us as we, we've sung about this morning and pouring out his love and drawing near. But sometimes we become distant from God. And there are times when we realize that we feel, I'm, I'm just far away from God. I don't feel that passion. I don't feel that nearness. I don't feel his presence. Now, it's, it's important that we not walk by our feelings, but sometimes we can't help it. And so there's a spiritual pain. Uh, and uh, I, I want to say to you this morning that good can come out of our pain. A, a woman named Alison Botha was a 24-year-old South African woman. She was abducted in her hometown of Port Elizabeth in December 1974. She was driven to a desolate place by two men who raped her and stabbed her repeatedly and nearly decapitated her. They left her for dead, but somehow she survived after many surgeries and a long recovery process. She became an inspirational speaker who's told her story to business groups, women's groups, and in several schools over 20 countries. She gave motivational speeches to some of the 9-11 Survivors. She took her pain and turned it into something positive. No one wants to experience pain. But I say to you this morning, God can bring good out of our pain. Do we believe that this morning? And so it helps to understand the nature of our pain. But what's the second thing we need to do to release the weight of our pain? Uh, you understand, when I say release the weight of our pain, the, the pain may be there, but it doesn't have to weigh us down. It doesn't have to prevent God's purpose from being fulfilled in our life. The second way to release the weight of our pain is to look to God in response to your pain. Look to God in response to your pain. There are four aspects of that I want to share with you. Number one, communicate with God honestly. I've said this before. Did you know you can pour out your heart to God? You can say, God, I don't understand. God, this isn't fair. All the things you're feeling. Pastor Tim, I don't know if I should say those things to God. Well, he knows you're thinking them. Right? 
God's, you're, you're not going to scare God away by pouring out your... your I, I've heard very godly people say, you know, I got really mad at God. I got ticked off. You ever get mad at God? Sure we do. Sure we do. Sometimes. Pour out your heart to God. Speak honestly with God. God, I don't understand. God, why am I going through this? And, and, and so the first thing to do is communicate with God honestly. Share your heart with God when you're in pain. What's the second thing? It's acknowledge God's sovereignty. Job 42, verses 1 and 2. Uh, then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. We serve a sovereign God. And sometimes that's where the rub is, right? Because we say, God, you can do all things. Why haven't you released me from my pain? Why did you allow this in my life? We just sang, all my life you have been faithful. Can I tell you something? Those songs, those very moving emotional songs that well up within our spirit, they're, they're not just inspirational words. We're, we, we sang truth this morning. God has been faithful. Even though uh, you've experienced pain, even though you've experienced suffering, God is a faithful God. And he has a purpose in all he allows in your life. Some of you may remember on October 16, 1987, the world finally exhaled after holding its breath for 58 hours uh, when a little 18-month-old girl named Jessica McClure was pulled from a 22-foot-deep, 8-inch-wide hole that she fell into in Texas. Remember that? Uh, baby Jessica was safe, but the reality was the problems weren't really over. She was alive, but she had medical issues that required 13 reconstructive surgeries. She had to have 60% of her right foot amputated. She still bears some scars from the incident, one of them on her forehead. How do you think baby Jessica has responded to her scars now that she's not a baby anymore. When she was 11 years old, she told the Ladies Home Journal, I'm proud of them, meaning the scars. I have them because I survived. 11-year-old girl. A few years later, when she was 16, she appeared on ABC's Good Morning America and said her scars remind her of how much God loves her. They remind her of what God brought her through. It's important in the midst of our pain to acknowledge God's sovereignty. Remember when Paul talked about his thorn in the flesh? And he said, I asked God three times to remove it. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Meaning, I'm not going to choose to remove that thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, we don't know. I'm not going to choose to remove it, but I will give you grace to bear up under it. My grace is enough. It's sufficient for you. And Paul said, I can accept that. Do you love God enough to trust in his sovereignty that when he allows things in your life you don't understand to trust him, that he does all things well? Trust in God's sovereignty. What's the third thing you need to do in, in uh, responding to God, uh, responding to your pain? Is this, listen for God to speak. In Job 42, verses 3 through 5, Job said, you asked, meaning God and speaking to him, you asked, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, meaning God, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. 
You may know the story through the book of Job. His three so-called comforters came and they uh, would basically point the finger at Job and blame him for all his suffering. And then uh, a younger man came and they rebuked the counselors and God used him. But then finally God spoke himself to Job. And while it wasn't sin that brought his suffering on him, nevertheless, God had to correct a few attitudes in Job's life. Listen for God to speak. C.S. Lewis in his book, The Problem of Pain, said this, Pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Listen for God to speak. God, are you trying to, to, to get a message to me? God, what would you say to me? Pastor Tim, how can God speak? God speaks to us through his word. We've talked about our scripture will come alive to our situation. And, uh, and, and uh, God can speak to us in a variety of ways. A sermon that we hear, a discussion with someone else, someone else's experience. Listen for God. In times of prayer, he will bring an impression upon your spirit. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? And listen for God to speak. God, what do you want to say to me? You'd be amazed. Sometimes we say God doesn't speak to me because we don't take time to be, be still and listen. Listen for God to speak. And fourthly, what's our response to pain? It's to repent of wrong attitudes or actions. Job 42, 6, he said, Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Now, I want to be clear what I'm not saying today. I'm not saying that whenever we suffer pain or, or, or difficulty, any kind of the pain we talked about, it's automatically because there's sin in your life and you failed God. No, you can, you can be doing everything you need to do and pain will come into you in this life because that's part of life. How many know that's true? But I will also say this, there are those times when we disobey God. When we go our own way. And sometimes the pain can come as a result of that. How many know? Not all the time, but sometimes. In Job's case, his pain wasn't caused by his sin, but it exposed some wrong attitudes as he pointed the finger and complained to God. And so he said, Lord, I repent. Lord, make my heart pure. David said in a psalm after he had sinned, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. I, I think that's a great prayer to pray. You know, we just, you, you know, you, you know when, you, when you take your car every once in a while to the tire shop and they put new tires on, what's one of the first things you need to do? You need to get a wheel alignment, right? You don't buy a set of four new tires with the prices they cost nowadays and not align the wheels because you want them to wear evenly. Sometimes like, like our cars needing alignment, we, we need attitude alignments, right? And so we need to pray, Lord, create in me a clean, renew a right spirit in me. Lord, get me back on track, get me in line. Today, as I conclude this message, you may be in emotional pain because of things that have happened in your life. You may be in physical pain today because of illness or injury or the aging process. You may be in spiritual pain, feeling that God is far away. Sometimes we find ourselves experiencing two or, 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 or all of those types of pain at once, don't we? 
Sometimes they go together. How do we respond to that? Look to God in response to your pain. Communicate with God honestly. Lord, this is what I'm feeling. This is my heart. Acknowledge God's sovereignty. Lord, I don't understand everything you're doing, but Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Thirdly, listen for God to speak. God, what are you trying to say to me? What would you like me to know in this time of, of dealing with pain? And fourthly, repent of any wrong attitudes or actions. Lord, uh, Lord, create a right spirit. Renew a right spirit within me. I say today, not Lord, release us from all our pain. And it's okay to pray to be healed of your pain, healed of your sickness. God heals. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have been healed? Amen? It's okay to pray for your need, for your sickness, for your pain, for God to relieve it. With the understanding that God is sovereign and we trust Him no matter what happens. We understand that there are things we don't understand. Right? So we may not always be relieved from all of our pain, but we can, be, we can release the weight of that pain so it doesn't have to hold us down. You, you, can, you can look at almost any great person in history, statesmen, uh, artists, great men and women who've accomplished great things, and you look at what they've accomplished and you can just draw the incorrect conclusion that, boy, their life's just been great. If you get their backstory, almost every one of them, pretty much every one of them has experienced some sort of deep type of pain and suffering and loss. But it doesn't have to weigh us down.